Rough Trade is giving away a third of the first three months of the Rough Trade Club plus new music membership exclusively to 101 Part-Time Jobs listeners. Become a member of Rough Trade Club New Music and you'll receive the Rough Trade Album of the Month straight to your door every month on an exclusive vinyl pressing with bonus material. Club members have received exclusive pressings of albums from Sufjan Stevens, Sprints, The Last Dinner Party, English Teacher and Over Mono, just to name a few, this past year alone. Sign up using the promo code CLUB101POD and you'll get Rough Trade's Album of the Month, Camera Obscura's Look to the East, Look to the West for a third of the usual price. By signing up, you'll be getting Rough Trade's exclusive issue of the album on opaque purple in a gatefold sleeve plus a bonus CD containing five demos. Don't want the album of the month but still want all the benefits? Sign up to the standard tier using Club 101 Pod and you'll still get the first month free. You'll also get free shipping on all orders, 10% off at the bar and on secondhand vinyl in store and exclusive access to sold out Rough Trade events. So don't hang around. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and sign up with the code CLUB101POD. That's CLUB101POD and claim money Money off Rough Trade's album of the month today. This offer is for UK residents only. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Do not read the comments. Hello, you're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs, where I speak to bands and artists about different kinds of jobs they've worked between tours, between making records in order to survive, in order to keep their shit going. 
On today's episode, Merkage Dave, whose new album, The City Needs a Hero, comes out this Friday. He's so candid. It's a fresh take and it's fun. It's exciting. Cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. This episode is supported by 2000 Trees Festival, taking place from the 6th to the 9th of July in Cheltenham. Just a few hours away from London, it's going to be headlined by Idols, Jimmy Eat World, Thrice and Turnstile. I just saw their Nardwire episode on YouTube tonight funny stuff 2000 trees is a wicked festival they've just been announcing a band a day for the last week and if you want to go if you know you want to see heaps of bands across rock and metal and punk some of my favorites on there are mannequin pussy cheerbleeders salem island of love who i talk about all the time on here because they're great i play in loads of bands 2000treesfestival.co.uk if you want to look at the full lineup or go follow them and if you want to get a ticket, but you haven't got your ticket yet, you can get 10% off using the voucher code 101POD, all capital letters. Save yourself 20 quid or so. 101POD as a voucher code at 2000treesfestival.co.uk. Independent festivals rule. Cheers for listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs. Here's Merkage Dave. Go well. Cheers. Close the app, put the phone back in my jeans. I kind of imagine it like creativity is like this kind of river, like or like a cosmic channel that just like runs. Like if you imagine if you looked directly above your head, it's just like flowing along. Every now and again, you're able to access it and pull something out of it. And you don't know where it's come from, but it's like, you know, you've accessed some truth or some, or a way of communicating something that's like, like the way of talking about something complicated in, in a simple way or something like that. And I think that like, that's kind of, you know, like when you think about like the great songwriters or, you know, great artists of our time, I feel like that, you know, and, and you can like certain eras, like so say like Stevie Wonder in the seventies was like in that, he was in that channel every minute, you know, like he was pulling from that thing mm. every minute. Whereas, mm. you know, and I guess like that's, as an artist, that's where you, you want to kind of be able to, pull from there but I feel that's that's how I explain it because it's like yeah you, you you couldn't it's not like an academic thing is it you don't kind of like work your way to like that happening have you ever read any books by Herman Hesse no I think that's the way you pronounce it h-e-s-s-e one's called Siddhartha and I really 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 recommend it it talks about the river like the river is oh, a wow. key place of it that, that that reminds me a bit of um like my GCSE, uh, I guess like I had to do like a, a story for my coursework or something like that. I came up with the idea of like, what if like pigeons became like super intelligent? I basically came up with the idea to do like Jurassic Park, but like it's pigeons instead of dinosaurs. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> so I handed it in and my English teacher was like, this is just the birds. But I didn't know, I didn't know that the birds existed. Alfred you see Hitchcock. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. I'd never seen, I think I'd seen like Vertigo, but I hadn't seen any other Alfred Hitchcock at that point, which was kind of weird because he's he's from Leytonstone, which is where I'm from. But, no um, way. I didn't know yeah, he was yeah, from yeah. Leytonstone. Yeah, there's an Alfred Hitchcock pub. As an artist, it's finding that time, finding that piece. This is a podcast to speak to working musicians. You yeah. know, I think I think a big part of my light bulb moment was was thinking of my friends who make make a living being artists but it was like a very gradual thing and if anything they're working harder 
now on their art than they ever were in some cases you know trying to balance three jobs so I, th- I figured there's a whole conversation there's like a can to be opened here for for stories of that you know the kind of the good the bad the ugly definitely man I think I think like people are getting more comfortable with it I guess like we grew up with like the kind of you know the MTV kind of idea of like a pop star and obviously you still have like artists that are in that position but I don't know a lot of people making interest in music are just like living life I feel like traditionally people wouldn't want to talk about this kind of stuff so I think it's actually like sick that this podcast exists and yeah because I feel like you know people coming through they're going to be more comfortable you just want people to be themselves ultimately don't you you sometimes you'll see like an artist get frustrated and they'll go on like Twitter or like Instagram and they'll start talking about how hard they're working or how or start ranting about the industry or whatever. And it's kind of like people are just trying to live their lives. They're following you because like they like you, but there's a lot of different motivations why someone will follow you. Whereas I feel like I feel more comfortable talking about certain things on this podcast because it's like, okay, you're going to go to this podcast. I mean, the name says it. So it's like, okay, you're going to go to this podcast to, for, for that thing. Do you know what I'm saying? And someone who just wants to like listen to a song and, 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 and just enjoy it doesn't have to kind of come here and do you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm up for talking about whatever, but I guess it's like, I, I just don't, I just don't like to assume that people give a shit. Do you know what I mean? Whereas right. like, <laughs> you know I mean, that's, that's an that's an interesting point because 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 how much do you give away like and how much have you thought about how much you're going to give away figuring out how much and what kind of parts your fans care about the most you know what's going to kind of inspire people yeah I just think certain things are for certain places like I've got like a Patreon and I like there's certain things I'll share on there because I know the people that have signed up to that are like going to be more engaged with certain types of information because it's like they're like deeper in than someone that may be, you know. I feel like, you know, like you, you, you get a lot of people like complaining about like, are oh, the algorithms changed or I've got, you know, all these followers and no one's seeing the stuff I'm posting. But also it's like, it's so easy to follow someone on social media. You might have just, you know what I mean? Like you might have got retweeted by like someone off the telly and then like, a bunch of people followed you, but they're not really that invested. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I think logically for me, that's more more digestible. It, like than even like you know, in this short time we've already been speaking, if I just started putting all this stuff on like my 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 Instagram, it would just be like a madness. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a ramble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like the other thing is, like I try not to think about social media in this way, but naturally, everyone's human. So you still, you don't want to embarrass yourself to, I mean, I've done a few things on social media, which have been like one time I put my bank balance on, on my, <laughs> in my Instagram and it was like really bad. I did that, but it was kind of connected to a song that I had out that had a lyric about that. So it was, it was, so it was different. So it was kind of like, I kind of like, it made sense, but I'll put stuff on my like Patreon. I wouldn't put like, so like I'll put like a demo where I might be singing a bit out of tune. But like, so they can hear how I develop the song or um, my last video for uh, World I Want to Live In, there's like, there's like dancers in the video and um, 
they're doing a routine. But I'm not a dancer, but I had to learn a routine so that I could kind of lock in in certain places. And How then did so, you find that? Yeah, but then I put the video of me learning it on my Patreon. Like I was like, don't show this to anyone. Like it was like encrypted, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But, <laughs> but it's just like, just to give them a bit of the kind of like the, the, the humanity of it, do you know what I mean? Rather than trying to disappear like hyper perfect, you know? Did you have a bit of a, um, a journey, like learning, like finding your voice on socials? Oh, definitely. And I, I still am. I still am. I think it's like, I'm not really that good at social media, but I just kind of like, I look at what the medium is and then I look at who I am and then I just try and connect the part of me that makes sense with the medium. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes it is a bit like just finding the shape that fits the whole and it's yeah. not as complicated as you might think connecting with people. I mean, yeah, I think you just got to be yourself. I, I noticed that like, so for instance, like when like TikTok was kind of like coming through and everyone was like, you got to get on TikTok, you got to get TikTok. I saw a lot of artists jump that were like, but it wasn't like, it didn't make sense. Like, like jumping on TikTok and doing like, dances but they weren't like that artist do you know what I mean it's like there's nothing wrong you can do whatever you want but it just kind of felt like you're eroding trust with your audience because they're like oh I thought that this was the wave but actually you're just going to flip-flop and do whatever's going to get you the most like uh likes and I think that I think that loses you um yeah and rightly so like do you know what I mean it's like it's like if you're if you're like in a house party and you get and you meet someone and you get the feeling that they're trying to act a certain way to you but then you see them talking to someone else and they're like acting totally different you're going to like not trust that person because you're thinking why are they like being do you know what I mean you, you, you can smell the bullshit can't you yeah and I think subconsciously that's why we like like things you know it's like because like if you like a piece of art I mean it, there's different reasons in it. it could be like it just it reflects your worldview in a certain way or your experiences but also it's just like it's just it's just because you trust it 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 makes sense to your brain doesn't it and I think I think even though it might be something you've never seen before but it just clicks and I think that's always because there's there'll be some kind of integrity to it or some kind of uh cohesion another thing I, I you know when people are saying oh the algorithm's changing the algorithm's changing it's like bro like do you think that you should be allowed to just like post a picture of your face? It's like a deadpan photo of your face and get thousands of likes on that. That's kind of ridiculous. Like put some effort in, in it, just like do something. And so I feel like, yeah, like, you know, why not? What's like one of the most memorable times, doesn't have to be the first, I suppose, where yeah. like you really put your artistry first. You put Merkish Dave as an artist kind of you know you had to in that moment put it first when you said Murky's Dave as an artist that just triggered my brain to like there was a period and this is relatively recently like in the last kind of like I guess like six like maybe five six years ago where I was like I was DJing I was running parties I was doing I had a podcast you know I was doing all this stuff I was hosting uh DJs you know like hyping up the crowd at and all this stuff and so it was all kind of like related it was all musical but it was like I only cared about 
telling a story. So it's like, okay, I was going to say I only care about songs, but actually like there's other things that I care about beyond that. But it was like, really, all the other stuff, it was kind of like making me sad. But also, I feel like it was confusing. Like the direction that I wanted to go in was like, I just wanted to do music. And it all the other stuff I was doing, I, I didn't get why people wouldn't just like accept me as a musician you know but but then you have to kind of again it's like that thing of zooming out of yourself people have got their own lives they've got their own um they've got their job they've got their relationship they've got what they want to eat for dinner they've got what shows they're watching like there's all this kind of stuff you're taking up like point zero point five percent of their mental capacity and they might listen to 20 seconds of that track you just put out exactly exactly so uh, I, you know, I had to understand like people are just going to classify you however like they found out about you for a long time, they're just going to classify you as that thing. So if you're looking at me and you, say if you see me, you know, I was with Mike Skinner, he's DJing and I was um, on the mic exciting the crowd, you're going to be like, oh, he's Mike Skinner's hype man. Do you know what I mean? And then that is how I land in your brain and so what I had to realize was like, there was a lot of stuff, not just that, but just like I was, you know, I, I, be, I used to play at, a, uh, I used to love it, man. I used to uh, play at a club called um, Visions in Dalston. I was just playing like bangers. And it was, it was like a job, but I did enjoy being there. But like, I remember like, you know, just there DJing and someone was like, bro, like, I love put you on my shoulders why like I don't understand why you're they couldn't like understand it like while I was DJing do you know what I'm saying and and so you know I was just in there like playing future or whatever which is which is sick and um you know I really miss DJing and I'm, I'm gonna get back to it but I had to kind of make a decision to kind of like just really simplify things for people because I knew that if to go in the direction that was gonna like fulfill me I had to like make some sacrifices and um, whether that was like financially, yeah, or whatever, yeah. That was a period that kind of birthed Murky Dave Changed My Life. A lot, a lot of that record, what you're really hearing is the frustration of really like wanting to just write songs, but almost feeling like maybe it wasn't going to happen or people just didn't really, I don't know. It was just like, there was a lot going on at that time. And I feel like that kind of, I got very lucky. I think just kind of like, it's all, it's all on that record. And I think that's why it ended up connecting. So it's kind of like, it's funny, isn't it? I feel like maybe if I hadn't gone through all that stuff, I wouldn't have made that album. I'm Caribbean. My parents, immigrants came to the country when they were, you know, young. Um, and there's this thing, you know, of like, you put the suit on and you you kind of like try and speak in a proper way so you can kind of like get a job or be accepted in society. And that's kind of my parents' generation, you know? And and it's the, the idea of like, kind of like trying to stay within the lines to so that you don't get any grief. And then like, but then like my generation is like not having it. Do you know what I mean? We're just like, fuck you. 
don't care. Like, I'll just step on the cracks. But I don't know. I was just kind of like trying to like, I don't know. It's hard to say because I didn't really think about it that much. But it's like almost like, that's why I like doing stuff like this because I can kind of like analyze what I was saying. But it's just kind of like the futility of like trying to be like proper or like trying to like play by the rules when still like it's not, I don't know, it's just not. Playing by the rules doesn't work all the time. Nah, nah. You know, sometimes it doesn't do anything for you. Nah. <laughs> Was that the, the, the first thing I mentioned about Murkish Dave changed my life about shit going wrong and like kind of, that that theme was that was that quite true to what was happening to you? Yeah, yeah, well, the, yeah, if, yeah. The first song, uh, "King of First World Problems." If it can go wrong, it will go wrong. It's funny. I never thought about it at the time. Yeah, but like thinking about it, that song, it kind of like it opens the album in a bit of a way, like how like is this it? You know, the Strokes opens. It's just like this kind of like a bit. I don't know, like a bit of a gloomy way mid-tempo kind of gloomy way to kind of open the record. Um, I think the reason why that album connected was because it was just like honest about like, yeah, you might be kind of like a bit of a hip person, you know, you know everyone in the nightclub and you're you're at all the like free uh, industry events where the bar's free and you get a free pair of trainers and all that stuff. But basically like your life is still a myth. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's not what you put on Instagram. You'd put the parties, you'd be like, yeah, look at me, um, you know, and just like kind of sell, sell the thing. But just like, yeah, like how damp your flat is. Like everyone's, like anyone's flat in East you go to, yeah, their flat's damp, you know, there's no one's got enough room. You're paying through the nose for like a box room in, in some damp. That's, that's, that's the reality that everyone's going through. But it's just like, everyone's in the party and they're wearing Balenciaga. And do you know what I mean? I'm just trying to, you know, I, I just feel like London's one of those places. It's kind of like, I was just trying to get that across. I don't, I, I kind of feel like there was like a, there was like a piece missing where no one had kind of like communicated that. Like uh, there was a lyric on, uh, yeah, on that same song, uh, lifestyle of the broken, the free clothes. You know, I just wanted to kind of talk about that lifestyle. I mean, I was really living that lifestyle. I'd be like, hanging out somewhere and I'd take a photo and it'd be like Stormzy's there or do you know what I mean whoever's there in the picture and then I'm going home and like you know my bathroom's like in a like in pieces or do you know what I mean when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How do you match those two things? You know, how do you, how do you reconcile? No matter who you are, you go to a party like that and you're next to Stormzy, you're going to feel quite cool. You're going to go back with your, with your new shoes and you, and you got a, a shirt that's going to, you know, it's still got the creases from being wrapped up in its paper. Yeah. Like how, how do you reconcile that with, with getting to work on your own music, you know, the next day, waking up and, and, and getting into that zone? Well, I, the, it's, I always had the instinct to do it. I feel like, like there was, there's another project and there's a few songs online and I think we're going to actually 
we, we've we've got an album that we haven't released, but there's a project I, I worked on called Half Brother. Uh, it's with my friend Patrick, and um, that whole time through that whole time when I was just like in the clubs heavy, and I was just like active in London, I was just going to the studio every day and just working with my guy on music. It was just like instinctive, like that. that that's that's what you know. I kind of like that's what I wanted to do. You know, I think it it's such an important process for me to kind of like work that out that um, all that kind of like fun, kind of like hype stuff is is great. But like, I was always just writing songs and I wanted to comment on what was going on, you know? People knew you for this one thing to be the hype person, to be, to being the DJ where, you know, you're also an artist and you see yourself, you see yourself more as an artist. Was that like a hard, a hard screen to get through? It's funny because I think it was like a process that um, I didn't know what I was going through. That was the A&R process. It was like you realise that the only thing that works is just being yourself. I think the beauty was like I always had some kind of thing happening, but no one really gave a shit that much. I was just kind of like, you know, I used to live in Manchester. You know, but I was, I, I was doing music from way before. You know, but I lived in Manchester for a bit. I was running club nights. I moved back to London. I'm doing that. And it's like, you know, I was kind of like more of a facilitator of like, you know, good times or, you know, or moments or, and it was like, so it's kind of, in a way, it was like a great incubator. Because I wouldn't say I was like growing up in public. It wasn't like people were paying that much attention, you know. So it was kind of like a, it allowed me to work things out and slowly kind of unravel do you know what I mean into like <laughs> a butterfly <laughs> I guess that gives you time to get smart right? yeah 100% working as a DJ working putting on shows you 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 got to see how that works so as an artist you're not necessarily going in blind being like okay oh you work with me okay I'm just gonna hand you this work and hope you do a good job with oh it. yeah 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 you saw so much I mean I think one of the things as a as a promoter, especially when I was like running parties in Manchester and I was booking a lot of stuff, is like you saw, you know, like I, you know, I, I booked Ed Sheeran for fifty quid once, like for like an a, a, it was like an acoustic thing that I was. It was like it was like I had a club night, but I had like acoustic acts on early. It was for like um, do you remember a, a festival called In the City Festival? So like yeah, I did like a showcase for them. And it was like live, like kind of like live acoustic first and then DJs afterwards. And I, I've seen, I've, so I've booked him for like 50 quid, 100 quid or whatever and seen where he went. But then I've seen, but then I've booked someone for a club night. I won't, obviously I won't name names, but you know, someone who's got like the hot tune that year. It's got to be Tiny Temper. No, nah, no, nah, not Tiny. Not, 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 not Tiny, man. Like full respect. Tiny, Tiny was, I mean, I don't know him, but he, I, he always came across as, very professional but I feel like you know someone with with the hot the hot tune in the clubs and they turn up uh to your club and they're like super late they're like two hours late wearing sunglasses like they're like being rude to everyone but then you see like in a couple of years when their buzz has gone and their behaviors totally shifted so I kind of could see that like I don't know that I think that taught me a lot you know like seeing how like a moment of success is like, like not to let it engulf you 
and just to kind of like keep your head on the kind of like what's actually happening as opposed to like the moment that you're in. I've I've had I've had days, you know, you look back at your like Spotify, uh, you know, <laughs> your, your Spotify for artists and you're like, oh, there's a big spike there. Okay, yeah, I remember that happened on that day. But I but for the most part, and I think that's what's been really good about what I'm doing is that I haven't had that kind of like I've more seen it happen you know when I was more like booking stuff but like for me it's been it's been very kind of like you know my that first album Mercury's Dave changed my life I just I just wanted to make an album and um play Seabright Arms you know because that that was all I wanted to do like because uh my mate Oscar World Peace he had done that and I, I was the DJ for that show. And I was DJ and I was like, man, I'd love to do this. Just like have to have a room full of people that were there because of the music that you made. Not that you were going to play the hits or you were going to, you know, or there was some free stuff to give away. It was like, no, you know, the, the, uh, the emotional attachment is there. And so that's, that's all that I wanted to do. But, but then when that album came out that quickly, that, I mean, that happened within like the space of, as soon as the album came out, that happened. And so I was like, oh sh- shit, like, you know, and people were like, where's the vinyl? When you come into my city, you know, all this stuff. And then I was like, oh. Did you have a, did you have a viral moment or did you have any kind of like moments at festivals? I think that's still coming. I, I, I think that like, um, I think that, that that that's that's probably still on the way. I mean, like, who knows what's going to happen this this time that I drop, you know, um, the city needs a hero. Who who knows, man? Who knows what's coming? Like, um, I can't say. I mean, it's kind of weird. I mean, I'll probably look listen back to this and go, mate, why didn't you just say that thing? But I I honestly can't think of. There's been days. There's been days where I've dropped a song. I've dropped a video. And then like certain artists have like reshared it or certain, you know, or it just, or it's clicked. But sometimes, okay, like, so for instance, like there's a song I have called Car Bomb, yeah? And that's, that's not like my biggest song, but the, when I released that song, that was probably like more important to me than any other big splash that I've made. Because that was the day when people started taking me seriously as an artist. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I, and I learned, that all I had to do was be honest and and it was going to be fine. And so, so like, and I remember like loads of people sharing it going, oh my God, look at what Dave's done. And it was like almost like a bit of a surprise. And then like, it just went on to be like one of those songs that like, you know, like Pharrell played it a lot. Like, so like Young Fathers, they were like, they love that record. I think, I think it's, it's that song has connected me with like a lot of like artists that I love, like Evidence uh, as a, a rapper from LA. A lot of the time when like, it's like an artist that like I really love and they reach out, they've, it's been that song that people have kind of like, it's someone's played them that song. And so as much as it's not my biggest song and it wasn't my biggest viral moment, I think it was probably my most important turning point, I think. The City Needs a Hero. Is there a track like that? Is there a car bomb on there? Since car bomb, I've kind of just had that attitude with every song. It's just like, how do you feel? 
and then and say just say how you feel uh, about whatever subject it is. So I think that like every almost like after Carbon, every song I've written is a is a Carbon, um, and um, they you know they they impact to to, to different degrees. Um, it's hard to say. I think you know, and I'm sure you know as a musician yourself, you, you know that like your listeners are always going to surprise you. So like for me, my most my most streamed song week on week without doubt like without fail for like the last however long is murky's dave changed my life and that song obviously it's like that it's the title track of the album but it's like it was never a single it didn't have a video i never spent a penny on that song itself um it's never been in any editorial playlists on streaming site on um dsps or whatever it's, it's like it's literally just that's the song that of mine that people listen to the most. And also like, it's like the one song that I like, it's like so personal. It didn't even have any consideration of, I didn't really consider, oh, how am I communicating this uh, to make it more general or anything like that. It was just more like, okay, I, I just wanted to, I, at that point I, I was like, look, I just want to know that I've made an album. If I never get to do this again, I, I know that I made an album. And so that song, I had to just make it as real as possible so that like, I know, I knew that I could be proud of it. Whatever I did afterwards, I could just be proud. Um, and it's just funny how that song, more than any song that I'll be like, oh, let's do a video for that one. Or let's get, you know, you, you know, you're always putting your little strategies together. But that song is the one that's done the business. So, so I don't know. Who knows, man? Awful things with Caroline Polishek yeah, yeah, yeah. is fucking sick. Thank you, man. She was in. She got stuck in London. She she sometimes is is in London, but she got stuck in London during the pandemic. And that's kind of that was actually the last show that I went to before lockdown was Caroline Polishek. She played at Heaven, and that's where I met her. So we we kind of like had connected on like she she had followed me on twitter and i was just like i was just confused i was just like well how do you know me like do you know what i mean and she was like oh um i learned to drive to your album i play your album all the time in the car i was like <laughs> i was like raw <laughs> yeah 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 do you know what i mean and this is what mate everyone everyone knows that album they first played when they got in the, the one you know learning to drive i i remember my first record putting in you know i remember that first cd getting in what the was car, it what, what did you have the replacements, oh. Tim. Oh, okay, okay. No, I don't, I don't know them, but yeah, sick. Great band, yeah. but 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 it's in that it's that moment because you don't get that you don't get many moments in life where you remember it so vividly. Being in fucking charge of the fucking car <laughs> for the first time, alone, being like fuck, <laughs> and all your mates being like, pick me up, pick me up. You're like, yeah, if I can go ten meters, <laughs> I'm taking it in because I can't drive, so I've got that <laughs> to look forward to still. Um, you know, I've I, I got to learn. Yeah, I've got to learn. But I was kind of blown. I was kind of blown away by that, and then like yeah. we spoke a bit, and, and then she was like, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna be um, I'm I'm having this show. Like, come down." So like we went down and you know said hello and stuff. But then and, and then lockdown hit. Like I think like within like the next week, she got stuck in London. But it's funny. It's funny because it's not like we actually saw. I, the only time I saw, I saw her at like a Black Lives Matter march but apart from that i didn't actually see her 
in real life, but we 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 just worked remotely on that song across lockdown. I mean, I always worked a lot of jobs from like my first job when I was like 14 was Woolworths, Leightonstone Woolworths, £3.24 an hour. Like that was where I started and, then it, wow. and then it was like JD Sports and then, and then, I, and then when I moved to Manchester, I was like JD again and then I worked at USC. I was, I did like Zara, like all, all the kind of like retail stuff. And then I remember like, I I had Ticketmaster, but by that point I had started the, my club night, and I was telling everyone about that. And I don't know, I just was like on that wave, and I got fired from that job because I was just like not taking it seriously. But like I would say that really, what happened was I always wanted to do music. That that was it. It was always music through that whole time from when I was like literally from primary school. It was music. But then what happened was. Um, I had like, a, I was in, I had like a few bands and stuff that were kind of like funk bands, but like kind of a bit, I don't know. I'm trying to describe it without making it sound like Maroon 5, but <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. like, but, but like, uh, but yeah, like uh, there was a song that I had recorded Um when I was doing that stuff, it was like a kind of soul record. Um, and uh, it got remixed by uh, an outfit called Sunship. Uh, they, were, they were like a big garage outfit. They did a lot of the big Craig Davy remixes and, um, you know, uh, they did like a lot of like Mystique stuff and stuff like that. But they, but they, they had, they were like really embedded. They'd done a lot of big garage, like kind of like white labels and stuff. And, um, they had remixed that song and uh, EZ, DJ EZ, had put it on Pure Garage, rewind back to the old school. And that was like MySpace era, but that was like, that was a viral moment for my family because it was like the first time all my cousins got that CD for Christmas and my name, it, it was just when, it was at, when I was going as David Lewis, but it was just like my name was on the CD. And hey. I thought that I, thought that I was going to become like the new Craig David off that. So I was just like, let's go. And I, I started, what I, wanted, what I wanted to do was start something that would be a platform for me and my friends to push our music. And that's when I started. At first the night was called Monday Murkage because it was just, a, I thought it would be funny. This is the alliteration of it was just funny to me. And it's that's kind of mad how that's ended up being my name because it was totally <laughs> not really the plan, bro. But like, <laughs> you know, actually, actually at one point I seriously considered changing my name because I was just like, this is, doesn't really make sense. But I quite like the fact that my name and the music kind of like, there's this kind of like, they rub up against each other a bit. I would say that what happened was I fell, I fell into promoting. I, don't, I was always doing, I was always dabbling with it because it was like, it was like a way to make quick money when I, I, you know, I was at uni, I got kicked out of uni. I was like working as like a sub promoter on R&B nights and stuff. And I could feel that there was like a cult thing happening around this club night. But I ended up kind of getting sucked a bit too deep into the vortex, you know, of, uh, and uh, so that's, was that, does that answer your question? I, I can't remember 
if it does. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I asked you about work and you just gave some excellent stories about <laughs> okay. work. And, and I've, you know, anyone, you know, everyone who's worked at pubs or nightlife knows, knows there that it's a, it's sort of a different language, isn't it? Just sort of carries on, you know? Yeah. And is, is that what you're talking about? Was there an element of that? I think it was just like, I think at that point, I didn't understand that there was a distinction between like, you know, for me, it's just like being creative. And um, I was starting to get like some kind of like, you know, like nice feedback from like ideas I was having, you know, like, I'll, you know, so, but it was just like, I, I think that the difference between a, a club night and a song is like, you know, people are just going to a club night to have a good time. And that's it, you know. And like, even like, you know, I ended up having like this club night, you know, the Murkish Club ended up being like a Manchester kind of like, if you were to call it a club institution for like a few years, it was like a thing. But really, it's only for those people that went at that time that remember it and celebrate it. Whereas like a song, is different. It's like, it finds new audiences. It means different things to different people. You know, like, you know, you go and listen to like Marvin Gaye now and it's like, or like, or like Stevie Wonder, like he's Mr. Know-it-all. Yeah, that's about Nixon. But you could, that could be about Trump or, do you know what I mean? Or Boris or, do you know what I mean? It's like, that's, and, and, and that's what I was missing. I think at the time I didn't realise that I was kind of, I guess there was, it was like, it was an easier thing to get into and like you make it work because you, you were making it work in your city. You were making it work locally. But all I ever wanted to do really was music. And I kind of got like, I just ended up kind of funneling into like that world. And so like sometimes I feel like, oh, like what would have happened had I just kind of stuck with like the songs. But then to be honest, I feel like I'm, I, the only kind of the only reason like that not the only reason but what made my songwriting interesting was all that madness that was happening you know and then and then that goes into the songwriting you know dave thanks so much for being up for it giles man thank you man i feel like you've helped me work out some shit man like i'm gonna listen back to this and be like raw so there was murkage dave on 101 part-time jobs his new album, The City Needs a Hero, which has got so many gems on it, is out this Friday. Looking forward to getting my copy. Cheers for listening. See you next week. Here's Cox Barra. I've been working all day for me, mate, on the side. Running around like a blue-ass fly. I've been working, yeah, I've been working all day for me, mate. Every bleeding minute I've been on the go. This is a Mighty Moon Media Podcast. Goat guns are goat. Our miniature gun models will make you the center point of attention. Display them at your office desk, bookshelf, or man cave. Collect and customize goat guns to your own liking. Each goat gun model has intricate parts that snap together to assemble. Start your next hobby addiction at goatguns.com. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.